recently we went through a study on the uh, that the events of First Samuel chapter 17, and um, and that took several weeks. Before that, primarily the the studies that we have on Sunday morning, the 11 o'clock hour, come from our our home uh, worship services, meaning that. Um, in the evenings, we, as a family, we, we read through the Word of God, and, and typically the, uh, there's something that just stands out, stands out in the Word of God that that must be preached. Um, and I was looking through this past week. We're going through First Kings, and and uh, little bit by little bit, it seems like we get slower and slower through going through the Word of God. It's just so rich. Uh, but this week we went through First Kings chapter 12, and and I, I check my notes, and I check. I, I keep a log of all the messages that I preach, and I couldn't believe it that I've never preached First Kings chapter twelve. So that's where we're going to hear the message this this uh, this morning. First Kings chapter twelve. We're looking at the entire um, the entire chapter, but the 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 title of the verse, the title of the message rather, is like unto like unto, and that comes from verse. Number 32, and Jeroboam ordained a feast in the eighth month on the 15th day of the month, like unto the feast that is in Judah. Like unto. You'll see as we go through this message, well, just giving you all a hint, there, there are at least 11 points that I see here. And I thought about making this, a, you know, an extended study, but then I'm... I, a study like this, our minds kind of wandering everything. So, so jump in and hang on. I'm going to give you all 11 points here this morning, um, or try to anyway. Like unto, well, what's going on? Uh, Solomon had just died in chapter 11, and now Rehoboam, his son, uh, is is commanding over. He, he's now taking over. So in, in this like unto message, like unto, you're going to see at least 10 things that are lacking. Okay, How is it that Jeroboam made a feast like unto what was going on in Judah or Jerusalem? Well, there's at least 10 things that are lacking. So if you want to put this in a modern perspective, why do people go unto all these false assemblies and do all these weird and strange and horrible things trying to make themselves like God because there are at least 10 things that are lacking. Okay, 10 things that are lacking. First thing that's lacking is any wisdom. Look in verses 1 through 8, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. And Rehoboam went to Shechem, for all Israel were come to Shechem to make him king. And it came to pass when Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who was yet in Egypt, heard of it, so Jeroboam, he, he had fled because of some issues that were going on earlier. But now that, now that Solomon's dead, he's coming back. For he was fled from the presence of King Solomon, and Jeroboam dwelt in Egypt, that they sent and called him. And Jeroboam and all the congregation of Israel came and spake unto Rehoboam, saying, So remember, uh, the, the, um, the, the northern tribes there, they're not divided yet, but the northern tribes. Thy father made our yoke. So Solomon, when in the building of the temple and the palace and all these things, he used uh, the men of Israel to do a lot of that labor. So they're saying, Your father made our yoke grievous. We worked real hard for him. Now therefore make thou the grievous service of thy father and his heavy yoke which he put upon us lighter, and we will serve thee. And he said to them, Depart ye for three days, then come again to me. And the people departed. And King Rehoboam consulted with the old men that stood before Solomon, his father, while he yet lived, and said, How do you advise that I may answer this people? And they spake unto him, saying, If thou wilt be a servant unto this people this day, and will serve them, and answer them, and speak good words to them, then they will be thy servants forever. But he forsook the counsel of the old men, which they had given him, and consulted with the young men which were grown up with him, which stood before him. So there's a lack of wisdom. People simply don't like godly wisdom. Godly wisdom. Uh, if you look, at, please, in the first chapter of the book of Proverbs, I believe Solomon wrote Proverbs specifically to Rehoboam. I really do. So in Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5, he says, a wise man will hear and will increase learning, 
and a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. So a lack of a lack of wisdom is is the, at the forefront of what's going on and and and. Um, in 1 Kings chapter 12, what's wisdom? The application of godly knowledge in the affairs of life. A total lack of wisdom. Look at verses 7 through 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. He, this young man was given solid advice from people that understood what wisdom was, and he despised it. He rejected it. He hated it. They despise it. My son, hear the instruction of thy father, and forsake not the law of thy mother, for they shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head, and chains about thy neck. My son, of sinners entice thee, consent thou not. The young men that stood by him, the yes men, the people that believe like him, he went full-blown with these people. Total lack of wisdom. Total lack of wisdom. These old men loved the advisement and wisdom of Solomon. Turn back a couple pages to 1 Kings chapter 10. And verse 8, 1 Kings chapter 10 and verse 8, Queen of Sheba making comments on Solomon and his house. Happy are thy men, happy are these thy servants, which stand continually before thee and that hear thy wisdom. It's simply an unwise thing to do, to reject wise counsel. So a lack of wisdom. Somebody wants to end up in a real sore place, they reject Godly wisdom, a lack of wisdom. That's how all these different congregations and assemblies came up. Total lack of wisdom. So much easier just to trust the Lord and do what he says. But a lack of wisdom causes people to, to hear folks that tell them what they want to do and to believe the people they want to be and, and, and church hop and try to find the congregation that makes them feel right at home rather than simply desiring the wisdom of God to trust the Lord and to do what he says. What kind of wisdom do people seek? Well, there's a wisdom of this world, and it's devilish, sensual. You can read about that in the book of James. Total lack of wisdom in verse in the first eight verses. Again, we could, this could be an 11-part message, but we'll see how this thing builds. A lack of wisdom brings a lack of humility in verses 9 through 11. 9 through 11. Uh, 1 Kings chapter 12. 9 through 11. And he said unto them, What, give, what counsel give ye? that we may answer this people who have spoken to me, saying, Make the yoke which thy father did put upon us lighter. And the young men that were grown up with him spake unto him, saying, Thus shalt thou speak unto this people that spake unto thee, saying, Thy father made our yoke heavy, and thou make it lighter unto us. Thus shalt thou say unto them, My little finger shall be thicker than my father's loins. And now, whereas my father did lay you with a heavy yoke, I will add to your yoke. I'll make it worse. And my father hath chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions or whips that have pieces of bone or some type of metal in them. A lack of humility. These young men that were his advisors, because he sought wisdom that was not godly wisdom or wise at all, they, these advisors told him, were telling him to make a name for yourself. Now he, in this crude speech, talking about his little finger and his father's loin, it's crude speech. And if you're old enough to understand, you know what he's talking about there. But the counselors advised him to further oppress people and to bring harsh chastisements and to elevate yourself and make a name for yourself, advocated for a total lack of humility. And that indeed is the case with modern religions as well. And trying to establish a new way of doing things, every little pop-up business that shows up everywhere, there's a lack of humility. They'd rather do things their way than to do things God's way. We're going to say, like unto, yeah, it's like unto. Like unto will get you to the pits of hell. Like unto. So lack of humility. There's a lack of insight, verses 12 through 15. So Jeroboam and all the people came to Rehoboam the third day as the king had appointed, saying, Come to me again the third day. And the king answered the people roughly and forsook the old man's counsel that they gave him. And spake to them after the counsel of the young men, saying, My father made your yoke heavy, and I will add to your yoke. My father also chastised you with whips, but I will chastise you with scorpions. 
Now, I want you to notice that he didn't add in the part of the little finger and all that kind of stuff. Those advisors, people might think, well, he didn't follow all the bad advice. Well, following some of the bad advice of the godly ignorant is not good, you see. Well, I didn't say everything they told me to. It's still not good. Still shows a lack of wisdom. Still shows a lack of humility. Shows a lack of insight. Verse 15, Wherefore the king hearkened not unto the people, for the cause was from the Lord that he might perform his saying, which the Lord had spake by Ahijah the Shilonite, unto Jeroboam the son of Nebat. Well, Rehoboam didn't know about uh, Ahijah the Shilonite, nor the prophecy, nor what happened a couple uh, the, the chapter previous. He didn't know the providence of God, and neither do I. I know certain things that he has declared in his word, and I know even some of that stuff darkly or vaguely. But total lack of insight, the providence of God, a man's responsibility. Here, Rehoboam had a responsibility unto God, as God, the Lord had told Solomon, that if men follow in the same pattern of David, there would not fail one man in the kingdom. And he quickly and immediately abandoned all that, because of a lack of wisdom and a lack of humility, but did not understand the insight. Uh, he didn't understand the providence of God. Children of God, I, God has things said in order that he will perform, and I believe he will perform it. I have a responsibility to live before him. And my responsibility is not cut short, just saying, well, Lord willing. Lord willing does not free a man from his responsibility to exercise godly wisdom and be humble before the Lord. Rehoboam is responsible for his actions and also responsible for the fallout through Jeroboam. And when we get into verse 32, the like unto, it, Rehoboam has responsibility in that. We studied in 2 John. Look over in 2 John, if you would, please. 2 John and... 2 John and verse 11, For he that biddeth him God's speed or success go is partaker of his evil deeds. And as we get into the, the atrocities that, that Jeroboam performed, Rehoboam was a partaker of his evil deeds because it was his lack of wisdom, his lack of humility, and his lack of insight providentially according to the promises of God, his lacking of all these things. Now, can we lay everything at, of Jeroboam at the feet of Rehoboam? No, Jeroboam was a human, per, was a person too, and he was responsible for his actions. Yeah. You see how all these things, people doing just whatever they want, lacking wisdom, lacking humility, lacking insight, just doing whatever they want, it's going to bring us to a place where we read things are like unto God's way, but not God's way at all. There was a lack of brotherhood because of lack of, winsight, lack of in, wisdom and humility and insight, you're going to see that the Jews are starting to turn against one another in verses 16 through 24. So when all Israel saw that the king hearkened not unto them, the people answered the king, saying, What portion have we with David? Neither have we inheritance in the son of Jesse. To your tents, O Israel, now see to thine own house, David. So Israel departed unto their tents. So division, northern kingdom, southern kingdom, ten against two. Division. But as for the children of Israel which dwelt in the cities of Judah, Rehoboam reigned over them. Then King Rehoboam sent Adoram, who was over the tribute, and he was a treasurer. And all Israel stoned him with stones that he died. Therefore King Rehoboam made speed to get him up to his chariot to flee to Jerusalem. So Israel rebelled against the house of David unto this day. And it came to pass when all Israel heard that Jeroboam was come again, they sent and called him unto the congregation and made him king over all Israel. There was none that followed the house of David, but the tribe of Judah only, the southern kingdom. And when Rehoboam, and when Rehoboam was come to Jerusalem, he assembled all the house of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin, an hundred and four score thousand men, which were warriors. Okay, so King Saul was a Benjamite. The, the people of Benjamin, they fought left-handed and right-handed. These were bad dudes, okay? There was going to be a war to fight against the house of Israel, to bring the kingdom again to Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. 
But the word of God came unto Shimei, the man of God, saying, Speak unto Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, king of Judah, and unto the house of, all the house of Judah and Benjamin, and to the remnant of the people, saying, Thus saith the Lord, You shall not go up, nor fight against your brethren, the children of Israel. Return every man to his house, for this thing is from me. They hearkened, therefore, to the word of the Lord, and returned to depart according to the word of the Lord. So there was going to be a fight. Even though there wasn't a fight, there was still division. Whether you're fighting or not fighting, still division, still still broken brotherhood and broken fellowship. A lack of wisdom, humility, and insight brings a lack of brotherhood and unity. And see in the Psalm 133. Psalm 133. Behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. How would they do that? In wisdom, in humility, insight, having a brotherly love. Total lack of brotherhood. This is the split of the kingdom of Israel, the northern kingdom, and Judah, the southern kingdom. So you read through the, you move forward through the, through the Old Testament. When it talks about Israel, it talks about the northern ten tribes. And you read about Judah, it talks about the southern two tribes. You see also a lack of submission, a lack of submission. Okay, so if you're keeping track, it's a lack of wisdom, lack of humility, lack of insight, lack of brotherhood, now a lack of submission. Verse 25, then Jeroboam built Shechem and Mount Ephraim. So Ephraim was the, the capital now of the northern kingdom and dwelt therein and went out from thence and built Penuel. A lack of submission. As Jeroboam Every single person wants to establish their own Penuel. They want to establish their own Shechem. They want to establish their own Mount Ephraim. Every single person wants to do that. Every person. It's only by the wisdom of God and by the humility that God brings unto a believer that they will submit themselves to the righteousness of God and not go about to establish their own thing like unto what God has established. You see what's going on is all men's opinions and men's events and, and men's feelings and, and hurtness and all this kind of stuff. Nobody has stopped and considered what King Solomon had prayed just a few chapters before. When your people call upon your name to this place, the temple, you will hear them and forgive. No one has called that to mention. No, a total lack of wisdom, humility, insight, and brotherhood brings a lack of submission. Jeroboam will not go back to Judah and make peace. Jeroboam, rather than seeking repentance, or rather than seeking the Lord, or rather than seeking peace, the natural man tries to establish his own place. A lack of submission. Adam and Eve did it. Trying to establish their own place, they dove in the bushes and knitted up the, the fig leaf aprons, didn't they? Try to establish their own place. Lack of submission to God, Jeroboam built himself a city. In verses 26, verse 26, you see there's a lack of concern for others. You see, now Jeroboam, guess what? He's, got, he's, he's a leader of a whole bunch of people, millions of people. Total lack of concern for others. Right, the, the text, as we read it in verse 32, And Jeroboam ordained a feast in the eighth month on the fifteenth day of the month, like unto the feast that is in Judah. Like unto. When someone does something like unto, they only have their own interest at heart. Their own interests. They don't have the interest of others. That What do I want? What do I get out of it? Lack of concern for others. Verse 26, And Jeroboam said in his heart, Now shall the kingdom return to the house of David. Only had his own. It would have been good for them to return to the house of David. You see, whenever he says this, you know, you might think, oh man, he's, he's excited that people are going to return to the house of David and they're going to start going back to the temple and we're going to be united as a people again and it'll be wonderful. Enjoy all the blessings of God that he promised to his people and there won't be one that fell off the, off the throne of the, of the house of David. That might have sounded pretty great. But lacking wisdom and humility and insight and, and brotherhood and submission toward God and a lack of concern for others, 
This came out as a bad thing out of the mouth of Jeroboam. It would have been a good thing for the house of David to return. Again, I point you to that prayer in 1 Kings chapter 8. Read it on your own time, how Solomon prayed. If your people, no matter what their circumstances, they point their faces toward this temple, which you're not here, this house can't contain you, but you will hear from heaven and you will forgive. It should have been a wonderful thing for Jeroboam to think, wow, the people of God would turn their faces unto the Lord. But lacking concern for others and only having concern for himself, this was a bad thing in Jeroboam's mind. Many don't care what happens to other people as long as they get what they want. You ever met anybody like that? They don't care what happens to other people as long as they get what they want. That's what Jeroboam is. All these people that have started all these assemblies and doing all these things and making up their own religions or whatever... A lot of them come because they're just hurt over something and they don't want to do it. Some this, uh, they, they just go here and start their own thing. And they don't care about other people or who follows them. That man that started that religion of Scientology, he was writing science fiction books. But because there was no money in it, he turned it into a religion. And many millions of people have followed him unto the pits of hell. And he didn't care a thing about it because he was turning a dollar it was all about him. He had no concern for others. No concern. Satan himself, that's his perspective. He doesn't care about the people he leads in deception. Is this he that terrified the ends of the earth? He doesn't care. No concern for others. He didn't care about that third of the angels that he drew with his tail out of heaven. He didn't care. Many people don't care. You know, People get all upset about, about preachers preaching the Word of God. They don't care. that They want the preacher just to preach the easy stuff and the soft stuff and to pat them on the head. They don't, they don't think about 1 Peter chapter 5 where, where pastors have to give an account and it would be a loss of their eternal reward to not preach the Word of God. They don't care. They just want, just want to get what they want. Now, people that have a lack of concern for others are dangerous. Mark them. They're selfish. They're devilish. Many religions are started and followed with this mentality. They just don't care. They don't care about the people that follow them. There's also a lack of reverence. Look in verses 27 through 30. Jeroboam still speaking. Oh man, the people are going to go back to David. If these people go up to do sacrifice in the house of the Lord at Jerusalem, then shall the heart of this people turn again unto the Lord, their Lord, even unto Rehoboam. So if they go worship, they're also going to be reunited with Judah, the southern kingdom. And they shall kill me and go again to Rehoboam, king of Judah. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and said unto them, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. Behold thy gods, O Israel, which brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. And he sent the one in Bethel, and the other he put in Dan, put he in Dan. And this thing became a sin, for the people went to worship before one, even unto Dan. Like unto, it's a lack of reverence toward God. Lack of reverence toward God. You see, this, this started as a personal issue. But as it unfolds, you see that this isn't just an issue between Jeroboam and Rehoboam. This is an issue of heart, of, Re of Jeroboam Hating God. A total lack of reverence toward God. The fear of the Lord through the temple was a hindrance to the purpose of Jeroboam. Lack of reverence toward God. If serving the Lord, His way is a hindrance to your purpose... Repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. A lack of reverence toward God is evident in Jeroboam seeking his leadership role over the Lord. He was more important of his, his established place there. In the, he, was, he, he desired more to be the king than he did to serve the Lord. Where David wrote in the Psalms that he would desire to be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord. Total lack of reverence. There's a total lack of reverence toward God. 
And you know, total lack of reverence toward God, you know what starts happening? People just start making stuff up. That's what he did. These being the gods brought you out of Egypt, people just start making stuff up. Reverence toward God should have brought Jeroboam to the place that he, that he feared for the people. Oh, we have sinned. Return ye unto the Lord. It should have, it should have brought him to a place of repentance. But no, he said, no, if they do this, they'll kill me. He should have taken the leadership role and utilized it in a God-honoring way, leading people to the Lord rather than leading people to himself. You can understand a lack of reverence toward God when people try to put a hedge around their own kingdom. You see it there? He was putting, he, and with a lack of reverence toward God, he had put a hedge around his own kingdom to protect his own way of living rather than encouraging the people that he was responsible for to follow after the Lord. But it's like unto, like unto, making golden calves, typical Egyptian worship, was idolatry, a false representation of deity. It's exactly what happened in Exodus chapter 32, verses 1 through 10, when Moses is up in the mount, and Aaron is down there, and he said, Break up your stuff, and we're going to make golden calves. These be the gods that brought you out of Egypt. Idolatry. It was idolatry when Aaron did it, and it was idolatry when Jeroboam did it. Total lack of reverence toward God. One of these men did it at the foot of the Mount of Sinai with the thunderings and the lightnings and the presence of God. Evident. But Moses took too long. Lack of reverence toward God. The Lord had said how things should be operating. But Jeroboam, having a lack of reverence toward God, is going to make his own way. Lack of reverence toward God makes worship an idea of convenience. Look again in verse 28. Whereupon the king took counsel and made two calves of gold and said unto them, It is too much for you to go up to Jerusalem. That's too far. It's too much work. You don't got to go over there. Oh, it's too, it's, it's too much work to find a place where God has put his name there and that he has promised he would be there and the truths concerning God would be preached there. It's too much work. You live way over there and that's way over here. It's too much work. Behold thy gods. Convenience. He says he put one in Dan and he put one in Bethel. You know what's going important about that if you had a map if you had a map of what Jerusalem looked like I'm, I'm going to use this thing here if you had a map of what of what Israel looked like if this is the border between the northern kingdom and southern kingdom Bethel was right there and Dan was right there you could not leave the northern or southern border of that the northern kingdom of Israel without passing by one of these gods there's a church on every corner preaching everything in the world. Convenience. Oh, why do you go there? Because I live just down the road. Why do you go there? Because of the people, you know, I, I do business with them. Why do you go there? Jeroboam made, with a lack of reverence toward God, worship toward God, he incorporated convenience. It's easier. It's easier for some people to go over there and hear things that they like than it is to hear what the Word of God says. Lack of reverence toward God changes the identity of who God is in the minds of the people. These are the gods. This is who God is. Oh, the, uh, the God that I know, he's not, he's not the God that you preach. He's not a God that, that declares that men are sinful. He's not a God that expects his people to trust him and do what he says. No, my God, he's a loving God. Find anywhere in the word of God that the Lord, because of salvation, allows his people just to live however they want and do whatever they want and be a free-for-all. No, lack of reverence toward God changes the identity of God in the minds of the people of God and in those that say they have a form of God but not according to knowledge. The borders were covered. Bethel in the north. Excuse me, Bethel in the south. Dan in the north. This was a sin. Look at what it says there. Look at what it says in verse 30. And this thing became a sin 
Transgression of the law. And this is the law of God. It's not a sin against Rehoboam. This isn't about Rehoboam and Jeroboam anymore. This is a sin against God. Lacking wisdom, humility, insight, brotherhood, submission, concern for others, and reverence toward God is a sin against God. And that's the, that is the, 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 the conception of all false religion. It's a sin against God. The Lord had given his name in Jerusalem. Look, in, if you would please, in 1 Kings chapter 8, part of that prayer that I've alluded to a few times now. 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 28 through 30. 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 28 through 30. Yet have thou respect. Okay, verse 27. But will God indeed dwell on the earth? Behold, the heaven and the heaven of heavens cannot contain thee, how much less this house that I have builded. Yet thou, have thou respect unto the prayer of thy servant and to his supplication, O Lord my God, to hearken unto the cry and to the prayer which thy servant prayeth before thee today that thine eyes may be open toward this house night and day, even toward the place which thou hast said, my name shall be there. God said, my name shall be there. God said, my name shall be there, that thou mayest hearken unto the prayer which thy servant shall make toward this place. And hearken thou to the supplication of the servant, thy servant, and of thy people Israel, when they shall pray toward this place, and hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and when thou hearest, forgive. Jeroboam, in his total lack of reverence toward God, in his sin, in his sin, God himself had said, my name is here in Jerusalem. And Jeroboam said, no, it's too much. God is here. These are your gods that brought you out of Egypt. It was sinful for the children of Israel to worship in other places. It was sinful for the children of Israel to worship by other means in idolatry. I believe it's sinful for the children of God to seek worship in false churches. I really do. Churches that don't have the authority of Jesus Christ, I believe it's a sinful thing to do. The Lord Jesus Christ established his assembly. I believe it's sinful. I believe it's sin. I believe it's robbery. How do you say that? Well, where, where, wherefore have I robbed thee in tithes and offerings? Malachi chapter 1. If someone is to be, bring, be bringing tithes and offerings into the house of the Lord and they're not going to the house of the Lord, they're robbing the Lord of tithes and offerings. It was a sin. It was a sin when Jeroboam did it. And it's a sin when people do it today. I don't believe that the Lord established a bunch of different kinds of churches. I don't believe he established two. I, I believe he established his church and he said the gates of hell wouldn't prevail against it. I believe it's sinful for a child of God to seek worship in a false assembly. I really do. And I believe it's sinful for the children of God to worship by other means. I believe someone can be saved and not believe everything that I believe. I totally believe that. But I believe that if they believe that, that their God has saved them because they have done anything or, or any false representation of God, that that's a sinful thing. I really do. It says that Jeroboam... Sin. And this thing became a sin for the people went to worship before one, even unto Dan. It was a sin. God's word says that a lack of reverence toward God is a sin. There's a lack of discernment in verse 31. And he made a house of high places and made priests of the lowest of the people, which were not of the sons of Levi. There's a lack of discernment there. Those high places, they were not the temple. They were not the temple. They just made, just made high places. Just made groves for people to worship in. And it was taking on a whole bunch of Canaanite character. Not like the tabernacle. Not like the temple. Not after those ordinances. And totally incorporating Canaanite offerings. Totally incorporating the things of Molech and the things of Astaroth and the things of that land around them. Appetizing to the flesh. Lacking wisdom, humility, insight, brotherhood, submission, concern for others, and reverence toward God. He had a lack of discernment. You also see this in the men that he chose to be his priests, that he chose. It says the lowest. These people were of extreme depravity. We're all totally depraved by birth, but these people were uh, sons of Belial. Useless, worthless men. They were known as people that were of no good. If you contrast that idea in verse 31 
He made the house of the place, uh, the house of high places, and made priests of the lowest of the people. You contrast that with what is what is written in Leviticus chapter 21. I'm not going to read it to you, but it speaks of the holiness of the priests. Okay, not that they're God or not that they're deity, but they were they were a preserved, consecrated, set apart people, and they were to be a people that were uh, to be an example or an example unto others, that they would point them unto righteousness. These people that Jeroboam and his lack of discernment, these people were horrible without credentials, without vetting, without dedication of living, without godliness, and they would do nothing but point the people unto ungodliness. They were to be consecrated examples for the people, not those that give sin excuse. Well, of course they would excuse sin. Of course they would excuse sin. Don't excuse sin. That's a lack of reverence toward God and that's a lack of discernment. Do not excuse sin. Don't. I won't excuse my sin. You don't excuse your sins. Call it for what it is, sin. Do not excuse sin. How do you think the lowest of the men would counsel do you think the lowest of the men would point people to Jerusalem? No, they wouldn't. They would point people straight to those high places because they wanted to keep their station. They're not going to point folks to Christ. They're not going to point folks to the temple. They're not going to point folks to restore unto Judah. Do you think Do you think those lowest of the people today, those charlatans on TV that, that tell you every way in the world to be saved, and by the way, send your offerings to this 1-800 number. Do you, do you think that these people are going to be telling others of repentance and forgiveness of sins and the gospel of Jesus Christ? How to be restored unto God through Christ? Of course not. They've got an agenda to fulfill. With a total lack of discernment, these men were placed. By what law would they direct and lead? Not God's law. The Lord gave the law. And he gave, he separated in the book of Exodus, he separated the Levites. Just after they crossed over, uh, over the Red Sea, he separated the Levites unto himself to be uh, people that would be his priests, to minister unto him. Who calls the preachers today? Some people believe that God calls preachers in the false churches. I don't. I don't believe that God calls men to pastor and minister into assemblies that preach lies. I don't. I don't believe that. I believe that the Lord calls his people to stand in his place. There was a lack of authority. Look in verse 13. I told you that this could be a multiple multiple series here in verse 9 or excuse me verse 32 here's point number 9 lack of authority verse 32 and Jeroboam ordained a feast in the 8th month on the 15th day of the month like unto the feast that is in Judah and he offered upon the altar so did he in Bethel sacrifice unto the calves that he had made and he placed in Bethel the priest of the high places which he had made lack of authority just made stuff up. He just made stuff up. So with a lack of wisdom, a lack of humility, lack of insight, lack of brotherhood, lack of submission, lack of concern for others, lack of reverence toward God, and lack of discernment, people just start making stuff up. That's what he did. But it was like unto. You see, a devilish agenda, a devilish agenda can't make, can't make a new thing. It, it says this is how you do it. Go back to the garden. This is like how you can be like God. You will be like God if you do this. Like unto, like unto with all religious intent. You see what was going on in Bethel and in Dan was religious stuff. Like unto with all religious intent will get a soul straight unto the gates of hell. Like unto. Well, they're not far off. We got this thing in common. They they had the feast of the eighth month in common. They're not far off. We can fellowship around those things. Lack of reverence, lack of discernment. 
Like unto has flooded the world, and everyone is a believer. Everyone's a Christian. Everybody's saved. Like unto. Oh, yeah, like unto. These like unto religions are dangerous to the soul. You know what they do? They point everywhere but to repentance. You know, there, there are folks that are out there, they call them four and a half pointers, that, that God will save you if you let him. Repentance. Repentance. Don't be deceived by those who follow the like unto. If you put this in a New Testament perspective, in, in John chapter 6, there's a multitude of people who are following the Lord Jesus Christ. He preaches to them straightly. The multitude went away. Twelve were left, and one of them was a devil. You talk about a remnant. That's a remnant. Somebody tells you that they're saved, but they're in a like unto Jeroboam type religion. Tell them to repent and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Like unto. Don't be deceived by these people. Tell them. Tell them to repent. Which he had made. Look at that. Did you notice that? Verse 32, which he had made. The Lord gave the law in Exodus. The Lord established the Levitical priesthood in the book of Exodus. The Lord established the artifacts of worship in the book of Exodus. You can study about the, the tabernacle, the Ark of the Covenant, and the table for the showbread, and the incense altar, and the, the brazen altar, and the candlestick, and all the dress. The Lord established those things, the brazen, the laver, the, the wash bowl. The Lord established all that stuff. But Jeroboam, he went out and made his own things. He made his own priest. He made his own altar. He made his own calves. He said, these be thy gods. He made his own religion that was like unto that which is in Judah on Amoth. What right did Jeroboam have to do any of that stuff? This indeed was a sin. What right does man have to say he has a better and fresher and newer way of doing things than what God has said? But it's like unto... No. The Lord Jesus Christ did not commit a like unto religion. God Almighty did not commit a like unto religion in the book of Exodus. How different is it from what's going on today? The Lord started his assembly. I believe that. I believe the Lord established it with covenant, ordinances, commission, officers, promises. He has, he, he, he's got it taken care of. The Lord promised perpetuity. What right does any man, any man, what right does any man or woman have to play Jeroboam with the Lord's possession? To start their own things, to call their own priests, to, to have their own uh, worship centers. To, to, what right does man, what right did Jeroboam have to do what he did? What goes on today is just as bad as the sinner of Jeroboam, if not worse, yep. because now we can look at his sin and see it for what it was. And people do it anyway. What right does man have to play Jeroboam? Well, lacking wisdom, lacking humility, lacking insight, lacking brotherhood, lacking submission, lacking concern for others, lacking reverence toward God, lacking discernment, lacking authority from God Almighty, man lacks holiness. Verse 33. Man lacks holiness. So he offered upon the altar which he had made in Bethel in the fifteenth day of the eighth month, even in the month which he had devised in his own heart, and ordained a feast unto the children of Israel. He offered upon the altar and burnt incense. Lack of holiness. This whole thing was devised in his own heart. And you see, he didn't have his unsavory men offering incense. He did it. He did it. He thinks he's holy. He thinks he's set apart. He thinks he is somebody. He thinks he is religious. He offered. He made in the, in the month that he ordained, the way he devised in his own heart. He ordained a feast by the priest he made in the house he made after the altar he made. He was very religious, wasn't he? Very religious. 
He probably called himself a minister of God. These be thy gods. He probably called himself a minister of God. He, no doubt he felt like he was doing the right thing. His like unto observances, like unto, it was like unto what the Lord had designed. And like unto observances were evil, they were wicked, and God hated every bit of it. God hated every bit of it. What's the fallout? What's the what's the harm? Brother, why are you spending time on this? That was then. This is now. Let's go on. Okay? You're going to do a sword drill with me here, so get your fingers ready. 1 Kings chapter 13, verse, and we're just going to go straight through the book of 1st and 2nd Kings. We're not, we're not leaving. We're going in chronological order, so it ought to be easy for us to keep track here. 1st Kings chapter 13, verses 33 and 34. After this thing, Jeroboam returned not from, all, from his evil way, but made again of the lowest of the people, priests of the high places, wheresoever he would. He consecrated him, and he became one of the priests of the high places. And this thing became sin under the house of Jeroboam, even to cut it off and destroy it from the face of the earth. So it went from being Jeroboam's problem to now Jeroboam's family's problem. You can read in the book of 1 Kings that his son died. His son died because of the sin that he had committed. 1 Kings chapter 14, verses 7 through 10. 14, verses 7 through 10. Go tell Jeroboam, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, for as much as I exalted thee from among the people and made thee prince over my people Israel and rent the kingdom away from the house of David and gave it thee, yet thou hast not been as my servant David who kept my commandments and who followed me with all his heart to do that only which was right in mine eyes, but hast done evil above all that were before thee. For thou hast gone and made thee other gods and molten images to provoke me to anger and to ca and cast me behind thy back. Therefore will I bring evil upon the house of Jeroboam and will cut off from Jeroboam him that pisseth against the wall and him that is shut up and left in Israel and will take away the remnant of the house of Jeroboam as a man taketh away dung till it be gone. His extended family, gone. First Kings chapter 15, verse 33. In the third year of Asa, king of Judah, began Basha, the son of Ahijah, to reign over all Israel in Terzah between uh, 20 and 4 years. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked in the way of Jeroboam and in his sin wherewith he made Israel to sin. So now you've got generations of people. Now you have other families coming in. Now you kings and leadership. Then the word of the Lord came to Jehu, the son of Haniah, against Basha, saying, For as much as I exalted thee out of the dust and made thee prince over my people Israel, and thou hast walked in the way of Jeroboam, and hast made my people Israel to sin, to provoke me to anger with their sins, behold, I will take away the, the posterity of Basha and the posterity of his house. You know, people learn the ways of the wicked. They learn the ways of like unto. They learn the ways, don't they? Oh, it's so easy to grab onto that stuff. 1 Kings chapter 16, verses 18 and 19. And it came to pass when Zimri saw that the city was taken, that he went into the, the place, again, 16 verses 18 and 19, he went to the place of the king's house and burnt the king's house over him with fire and fled for his sins which he had sinned in doing evil in the sight of the Lord and walking in the way of Jeroboam and in his sin which he did to make Israel to sin. Verses 25 through 26. But Omri wrought evil in the eyes of the Lord and did worse than thou all were all before him. For he walked in the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat. Wait a second. I thought the Lord said that Jeroboam worked out sin and worse than all that were before him. Yeah, when people don't learn the lesson, it's worse. You know, so if you're told now about the sin of Jeroboam, it's worse. It's worse for you. And in his sin wherewith he made Israel to sin, to provoke the Lord God of Israel to anger with their vanities. Chapter 16, verses 30 and through 32. 
And Ahab, the son of Omri, did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him. So it keeps getting worse, 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 worse. And it came to pass as if it had been a light thing for him to walk in the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat. He took for him to wife Jezebel, the daughter of Ethbaal, king of the Zidonians, and went and served Baal and worshipped him. And started mingling in with the world. Worse and worse and worse and worse and worse, like unto. And he reared up an altar for Baal in the house of Baal, which... He had built in Samaria. Remember, Samaria was uh, there, the capital city. It was there that Jeroboam had established his capital city. First Kings chapter 22. Skip over a few pages. 22, 51 through 53. And Ahaziah, the son of Ahab, began to reign in Israel in Samaria, the 17th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned two years over Israel. And he did evil in the sight of the Lord and walked after the way of his father and the way of his mother and the way of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who made Israel to sin. For he served Baal and worshipped him and provoked to anger the Lord God of Israel according to all that his father had done. Is like unto, is it okay and pleasant unto the Lord? Is he, does he like like unto religion. Second Kings chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Now Jehoram, the son of Ahab, began to reign over Israel and Samaria in the 18th year of Jehoshaphat, king of Judah, and reigned 12 years. And he wrought evil in the sight of the Lord, but not like his father and like his mother, for he put away the image of Baal and that his father had made. Oh, good. Nevertheless, he claved unto the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, which made Israel a sin. He departed not therefrom. I'm going to tell you, don't think that he was doing good. There is no light sin of Jeroboam. There is no light sin of Jeroboam. 2 Kings chapter 10. 2 Kings chapter 10, verses 28 through 32. Are you, are you seeing the gravity of this matter? 2 Kings chapter 10, verses 28 through 32. Thus, thus Jehu destroyed Baal out of Israel. Howbeit, from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who made Israel to sin, Jehu departed not from after them, to wit, the golden calves that were in Bethel and were in Dan. And the Lord said unto Jehu, Because thou hast done well in executing this thing, that, that which is right in mine eyes, and have done according to the house of Ahab, according to all that was done in mine heart, thy children of the fourth generation shall sit on the throne. But Jehu took no heed to walk after the law of the Lord God of Israel with all his heart. For he departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, which made Israel to sin. In those days, the Lord began to cut Israel short. Oh man, it sounded like the Lord was pleased with him. Chastisement was coming. And it was coming in a hurry. Why? Because he did not depart from like unto Religion. Chapter 13. Chapter 13, verses 1 through 6. In the three and twentieth year of Jehoash, the son of Ahaziah, king of Judah, and Jehoaz, the son of Jehu, began to reign Israel in Samaria and reigned 17 years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord and followed the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, which he made Israel to sin and departed not therefrom. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Israel and delivered them into the hand of, the, of Hazel, king of Syria, and into the hand of Ben-Hadad, the son of Hazel in their days. And Jehoaz besought the Lord, and the Lord hearkened unto him, for he saw the oppression of Israel because of the king of Syria oppressed them. And the Lord gave Israel a savior so that they went out from under the hand of the Syrians, and the children of Israel dwelt in their tents. As before time, nevertheless, they departed not from the sins of the house of Jeroboam, who made Israel to sin, but walked therein. And there remained the grove also in Samaria. Do you see the terribleness of all this? Chapter 14, verses 23 and 24. In the 15th year of Hahaziah, the son of Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, Jeroboam, the son of Joash, king of Israel, began to reign in Samaria and reigned 40 and one years. Don't be confused. There's two Jeroboams. This isn't the first Jeroboam. This is the second. And in evil, he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who made Israel to sin. 
chapter 15, verses 8 and 9. In the thirty and eighth year of Azariah, king of Judah, did Zechariah, the son of Jeroboam, reign over Israel and Samaria, the northern kingdom, six months. He did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord, as his fathers had done. He departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. 15 verses 17 and 18. At the ninth year and thirtieth year of Azariah, the king of Judah, began Manahim, the son of Gadi to reign over Israel, and he reigned ten years in Samaria. He did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. You notice he keeps saying evil, wicked, evil, wicked. It's wickedness. It's evil in the sight of the Lord. He departed not all his days from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nabat, who made Israel to sin. 23 and 24. In the fifteenth year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekiah, the son of Manahim, began to reign over Israel and Samaria and reigned two years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. 27, 28. And two, in the fiftieth year of Azariah, king of Judah, Pekah, the son of Remaliah, began to reign over Israel and Samaria and reigned twenty years. And he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord. He departed not from the sins of Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, who made Israel to sin. Chapter 17. Where's all this going, brother? Chapter 17, verse 5. Then the king of Assyria came up throughout all the land of, and went up to Samaria and besieged it three years. Samaria, that place where those kings were living, that loved the sin of Jeroboam. In the ninth year of Hoshea, the king of Assyria took Samaria and carried Israel away into Assyria and placed them in Hala and in Habor by the river Gorzim, Gozim and in the cities of the Medes. Why is that important? Okay, so from 1 Kings chapter 12 where our text is, about 931 B.C. to 722 B.C., which is right where you find 2 Kings chapter 17. Approximately 210 years the sin of Jeroboam continued in the house of Israel. How widespread, how widespread could a lack of wisdom, humility, insight, brotherhood, submission, concern for others, reverence toward God, discernment, lack of authority, lack of holiness, how widespread and how terrible can it be? Let me keep reading. For it was so that the children of Israel had sinned against the Lord their God, which had brought them out of the land of Egypt, from under the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and had feared other gods, and walked in the statutes of the heathen, whom the Lord cast out from before the children of Israel, and of the children of the kings of Israel, which they had made. The kings all followed the sins of Jeroboam. And the children of Israel did secretly those things that were not right against the Lord their God. And they built them high places in, their, in all their cities, from the tower of the watchman to the fenced city. And they set them up images and groves in every high hill and under every green tree. And there they burnt incense in all the high places, as did the heathen, whom the Lord carried away before them and wrought wicked, uh, and wrought wicked or worked wicked things to provoke the Lord to anger. For they served idols whereof the Lord had said unto them, Ye shall not do this thing. Yet the Lord testified against Israel and against Judah by all the prophets and by all the seers, saying, Turn ye, repent, turn from your evil ways, and keep my commandments, not the like unto Jeroboam religion. Keep my commandments and my statutes according to all the law which I commanded your fathers, not man's way, not like unto God's way, which I sent unto you, by my servants, the prophets, notwithstanding, they would not hear. People are so satisfied in their like unto religion. They harden their necks like to the neck of their fathers that did not believe in the Lord their God. It's not a personality issue. It's they don't, they don't trust the Lord. They don't have faith in God. And they rejected his statutes and his covenant that he made with their fathers and his testimonies which he testified against them. And they followed vanity and became vain and went after the heathen that were round about them concerning whom the Lord had charged them that they should not do 
like them. Like unto. Don't do like them. There's a whole world full of worldly religion, wide gate kind of stuff. Don't do like them. That's a command. Don't do like them. Like unto does not get it with the Lord. And they left all the commandments of the Lord their God and made them molten images, even two calves. Well, who did that? Jeroboam. And made a grove and worshipped all the hosts of heaven and served Baal. And caused their sons and their daughters to pass through the fire and use divination and enchantments and sold themselves to do evil. In the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Therefore, the Lord was very angry with Israel and removed them out of his sight. There was none left but the tribe of Judah only. You tell me how serious the Lord is about the sin of Jeroboam. You tell me. You tell me. Are you committing the sin of Jeroboam? Is there a lack of wisdom, lack of humility, lack of insight, lack of brotherhood, lack of submission, lack of concern for others, lack of reverence toward God, lack of discernment, lack of authority, lack of holiness, lack of just simply trusting God and doing what he said? Yeah, there's circumstances, sure enough, in 1 Kings chapter 12. Who's following the Lord? It's a big mess in 1 Kings chapter 12. But guess what? There's a whole bunch of religion. It's like unto. May we be examined by this passage. Child of God, trust the Lord and do what he says. What he says. He didn't say go out and make calves and do it your way. He didn't say, you know what? If this person offends you, go out in your own place and do your own thing. The Lord understands. He didn't say that anywhere at any time. Old Testament, he says... This is how you do it. New Testament, he says, this is how you do it. They that gladly received the word were baptized. They repented and joined the Lord's assembly. You see? Trust the Lord and do what he says. Someone's a child of God. Don't commit the sin. You know, there are people that are saved. I'm not saying that Jeroboam's sin are exclusive to unsaved people. There are people that are saved and commit the sin of Jeroboam. They want to serve God their way. On their terms. They want to set up their own boundaries of religion. Repent. What did Solomon again pray in 1 Kings chapter 8? When your people turn back to your way and doing things with their faces toward you, you'll hear them and forgive. Repent. Repent. Trust the Lord and serve Him His way. Not your way. Serving God your way is the sin of Jeroboam. Serving God His way is right and good. Sinner, you commit the sin of Jeroboam every day. You're, you live the sin of Jeroboam. You set up your own idol of yourself, and you worship your own self, and you separate everything else around you. Everything flows around you. You don't care what happens to other people. You don't, you don't care about listening to sound wisdom. You don't care about humbling yourself before God. You, you don't care about the providential workings of God that one day every knee shall bow and declare that Jesus Christ is both Lord and Christ to the glory of God the Father. You don't care about all that. You don't care about submitting yourself to God. You don't care about how your life impacts other people. Not in a real way. Not in a meaningful way. You don't care about reverencing God. You don't care about... Uh, seeking things of God. You don't care about God's authority. God being sovereign means a lot more than he can pick who he wants to be saved. That means there is none above him, and he declares what is so. I believe he's sovereign in salvation. He's also sovereign in his commandments. This idol, this idol keeps you from fleeing to Christ. Why, why won't people turn to Christ? Because they love themselves too much. There's something in themselves. It's more convenient. Just like he put up that, uh, that, that Dan and Beersheba calves, it's more convenient. It's more convenient for a person in their own flesh to simply follow their way of doing things than it is to turn to the Lord. It's more convenient to be content with self. It's more logical for you to set your own priest 
yourself as your own priest, your own uh, uh, holy person to justify yourself before God. It's more convenient for you. That's why you won't repent. It's, it's easier for you to worship like unto the things of God, but it doesn't require you to, to, bring, to, to be an end of yourself. It's more convenient. There's a lot of people that worship like unto and they hold on to parts of themselves where, again, Paul in Philippians said he counted all things but loss for Christ. It's awful convenient for people to shop around churches because when they find the one they want, they can still be themselves and think that they're worshiping God. Those people could go straight unto Dan and Bethel and still be themselves and go to those calves and do whatever they want and still think they're worshiping the God that brought them out of Egypt. Again, that liking to stuff will take you straight to judgment. It's 